generation is rising on an emerging generation of kings. Genesis 2, 18 to 25. Genesis 2, 18 to 25. So I might not exegete that text, but it's to give us like a, a solid foundation of relationships, but also marriage-based relationships. <laughs> Somebody's like, yes, I've been waiting for this one. So I've been waiting for all these old times. So, I and I, <laughs> cup of tea. <laughs> all right. So, if you're in Genesis chapter two, can you say Amen? Media, can you help us? Genesis 2, 18 to 25, I'll read alone for time's sake, and then we'll read Amos 3, verse 3 together. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man should be alone. Look at your neighbor say, It's not good for man to be alone. Look for somebody else and say, I'm not alone. I will make him a helper. So the idea of a helper did not come from the man. It came from God. I need to understand something that anything that has to do with relationships, man, woman, help meet, helped, boyfriend, girlfriend, fiance, fiance, Financier. <laughs> all, all those relationships, please watch this. They originated from God. The concepts that should guide the healthy exchange in those relationships are not based on intellectual assent, mental ability, environmental factors, cultural context denominational dictates personal preferences they must stem from the author of relationships it was not Adam that went to God to say God agro is catching me well he was into agriculture he was the founder of the agro allied industry he didn't go to God to say that it was God that said it is not good for man to be alone. God said, let us make a helper, not just any kind of helper, but it says a helper meet for him. This one says a helper comparable to him. In other words, not everybody that can help you can meet you at the point you need help. And not every helper that shows up is the helper of your destiny. 
That every person who gives you attention can relieve you from tension. And for some people that give you attention can increase the tension in your life. Oh, talk to me this morning. So God is specific in saying, I want to make him a helper. Can I teach as I'm reading? Is he okay? Please understand something that God said, I will make him a helpmeet. That means if the person has not been made by God, the person is disqualified from offering help. Only made people can help made people. So before you date somebody, ask what is their process with God? Are they made or are they half-baked? And by the way, the fact that somebody's name is Made does not mean they are made. <laughs> ah, he's made, of course. His name is Made. His name is Madia. It doesn't mean you are my dear. Touch somebody, tell them the person has to be made. Well, some of y'all, you're not touching anybody. I mean, touch them decently. Tell the person the person has to be made. <laughs> they have to echo it. Oh, yes, oh. Now when we say made, some of you might be thinking about cars, houses, cash, moolah, cheetah, cheese, big box. That is not rubber. The fact that you have rubber does not mean you know the rabbi. I tell you what. Because if your definition, watch this, of being made is material things, you have missed the divine process. Eve didn't have any makeup. Eve didn't have any weave on. Eve didn't have a home to put together. But she was made by God. Because what determines what you've been made is not what you have, but what you have become by the hand of God upon your life. God's hand came upon Eve but Eve was a rib. So the making process is what have you fleshed out from the bones you wear? From the bones, the slain. There is like, I can't even write again. Please write. For these words are faithful and true. The ribs of your life where you were isolated. That's why some people date people prematurely because you've never seen them isolated. And God doesn't turn ribs into women until it separates them from other ribs. So God's process hardly happens in collective paraboism. It's going to be a separation. By the way, man, did you notice that God took one rib? and turned one rib into a woman but there are so many men that like five different ribs so they're now eating bread and ribs <laughs> come on people I like this rib then I like this rib then I like this rib 
Is your name Libadu? Nice word. So you can actually fully be like you put in the groups. Somebody shout, Lord, make me. If an unmade person comes into relationship with a made person, the unmade person can either unmake the person, when I say unmake, not necessarily unmake their configuration, but unmake what they were designed to become. And so frustration actually comes into relationships when you have Adam who is a man and the only thing that he's working with is a rib. God will usually turn that rib into a woman before he presents the woman to Adam. So if your relationship is consistently bony, maybe you need to relieve the person of the responsibility of Eve and let the bone that she is become the woman that God wants her to be in your life. Give somebody a high five and say, leave the bones for God. So y'all let it sink right now. So we see a lot of bony people online can I can I go online me my husband must not teach me nonsense must not talk to me about anything do they work like that online yes in their minds psychedelic disposition in their comments because a lot of women in this generation are bones they are not women How do I know it's a bone? A bone has been taken out of man. Man's side. Right? But it's not allowed God to deal with it and turn to something else. So certain women were hurt in relationships that became exposed and vulnerable. They lost their comfort zone and sense of covering and security. But they reacted so bitterly that even God cannot help them. But God sometimes takes you out of the rib cage so he can form you and place you beside the man so that you're no longer hidden in the rib cage but you stand beside him so that together you can reveal the glory of God. But when you don't subject yourself to the process of transformation and reformation, all you are is an awkward bone that can lift any weights, that can be a part of anything constructive, that can only be used in the museum or for selfies. I don't know about you, but I feel like I've blessed somebody already. Mr. Robinson. So, it says it is not good. Somebody said not good. I'm taking my time today because I'm splitting my seven points over two services. I'll do three or four in this service. In second service, I'll do the remaining it says it is not good that man should be alone I will make him a helpmeet so the interesting that God does not include man in the original process of making the woman can the man help to augment improve upon refine the woman can, can that happen absolutely 
But there is a minimum level of maturity that the woman needs to have come to first by herself and under divine tutelage before any man can help you. See, there are certain things that if God has not helped you with, no man can help you with them. The problem with Nigeria is the reverse. There are certain things that if no man helps you with, God, God will say, I've already helped you enough. You understand? So God will set the foundation, right? But he wants us to build upon it. Same thing Jesus did. So I'm the chief cornerstone. Who laid him? God, the chief cornerstone. What did Paul say? Let anybody that builds now, build how? According to pattern. So God always lays the foundation, but he allows you to become a co-laborer with him to build on top of it. So that means if the foundation is absent, does not matter how many bricks you have, that house will collapse. Except the Lord builds a house, they labor in vain. That means that labor is not a guarantee of profit. If that labor is not predicated on divine pattern, it says the labor of the foolish wearieth every one of them for they do not know the way to the city. Right? So in every labor there is profit but you might not be able to access the profit if you are not going to come to the pattern for which the labor was supposed to be released. In other words, if you lay bricks on a faulty foundation, are the bricks useful? Are they useful? Are they useful? The bricks of themselves, are they useful? Yes. That means if somebody who has wisdom gets a hold of the bricks, he can lay them somewhere else and build something strong. But the point I'm making here is God does not delegate the responsibility of turning Eve into Adam. Sorry. Turning the, the reeb into Eve. He does it himself problem is some women, don't worry I'll come to the men because it looks like I'm talking about women it's where, the, where we are in the text some, don't worry I'll come to you some women are exposed as reaps so they will do anything to hide in another man <laughs> to give me a sense of Belonging, covering, accommodation. I'm not that bad after all. At least somebody likes me. I don't have to eat maggots now. But if this woman beside you say, Let God work on you. Some of y'all didn't say nothing. If there's a woman beside you, say, Let God work on you. Why doesn't God allow Eve, or rather Adam, work on the bone? He said, he's not good for man to be alone. I will make him and help me <laughs> for him. Why would God do that? Why doesn't God allow Adam choose his bone by himself? God, let me choose my bone. That's why some men are choking. Because they've 
taking in bone that was not theirs. Let me choose my bone. Let me choose my bone. And then when they choose their bones, they choke on the bone. God chose the bone because he knew the outcome he desired. Why is he choosing a helpmate for Adam? Because Adam does not even know the kind of help he needs. Adam does not know the kind of help he needs. Some of you men, you are busy choosing somebody who will only be relevant for your life for the next two years. Then what will happen to the remaining 68? You start wondering. What's going on here? <laughs> God, the word says he knows the end from the beginning. He calls the things that are not as though they were. So God has a full spectrum of your life. He knows the undulating landscapes, the variety, the differences in opinions and times and seasons. When you'll be out of work, when you might lose a job, where a car might get missing, where something will happen. And he knows the kind of person who can grow stronger with you through those changing seasons and who will not up and go or run away or lose their minds over something. But some people are only choosing based on feelings and sensations and emotions and realities but look at somebody slap them a palm burning blister inducing blood releasing high five apart from the blood please Jesus already shed his blood and tell the person God knows the person you need God knows the person you need God knows the person you need there are certain people who are good to you, but they are not good for you. But there are some people who look good with you. Who are not good for you. Because the fact that together you are picture perfect does not mean they are perfect for the picture of you God has. Oh, I'm preaching right now. Can I tell you I'm getting blessed myself? Not like I plan to get married again. <laughs> but this is not just for marriage. It's also for partnerships and relationships. So I applied for those of us who are married and those who are in other spaces. Or some of you have the gift of celibacy. Like you're not going to get married. By the way, I think that there's unfair pressure on people. I think that even if it's only three to seven out of a hundred, there are some people who don't want to get married. Deep down inside their hearts, they don't feel they should get married. I'm not talking about the fact that people don't like them and don't like people. I believe that they are natural eunuchs. When I say eunuchs, people who want to stay away from marriage and relationships. Please, can I liberate one or two persons? Maybe they're not here. 
Now, I'm not talking about resolution from heartbreak. No, no. I'm not talking about a reaction. Ah, I'm not married. I'm talking about I'm not talking about reactionary decisions based on hurt or offense or pain. I'm saying really and truly there are a couple of persons, they're not many, they're possibly two out of a hundred. Right? But you don't want to get married. Some people have gotten married to the people their mothers married for them. So you are marrying your mother's crush. I'm like packaging. Who are responsible? Just one visit. <laughs> Just one visit. You've not seen him work a job. You only came and played to the whims and caprices of your culture. Brought you cola and gin. The gin gingered you. So you've got to be careful about that. So Adam does not know what he will need. Adam has only seen a fraction of his assignment. I strongly urge many people in this place, please do yourself the favor of getting some exposure before you actually pick out who you want to live the rest of your life with. Because some of you are picking out of a pool of nine people because you've not seen 900 people. I gotta help somebody. I gotta help somebody. I gotta help somebody. I gotta help somebody. So that when you pick, you can pick not just somebody who can enter into different spaces with you, but somebody who's a true reflection of the global dimension of your assignment. There is no nation or palace in the world I walk into with my wife that will be embarrassed having her beside me. But some of y'all didn't appreciate that. In any language or economy, she is the total package. Ah, yeah. I feel like preaching now. Now. Slap somebody a high five. Now, let me just reduce the pressure. Because that's another problem people have. She is my wife. So don't say, my wife has to be. Let me, I wish I could, I didn't show you something. One of my friends, one of my acquaintances, he sent me the screenshots. Of, let me let me see if I can find it. They sent me a screenshot a couple of days ago, and I was like, "Are people for reals? Are they for reals?" I want somebody to read it. Oh, I've done a lot of screenshots from the testimonials. Yeah, let me get Ogie to read because she's got the attitude. This was what somebody put. I want to reduce, relieve somebody of the pressure. No. Laughing out loud, Lord Jesus. If I don't marry someone like Pastor Dami Oluwa Toibo, trouble good deal. Someone's Insta story on her on her stuff. 
Pardon? Wow, yeah. So the person now played along. I, can't, I did some other screenshot. Asking why. Say he's cute, he's this, he's that, he's that. <laughs> okay, yeah. Good, good. <laughs> no, the person, the person is not here. The person, the physical description. The person is not in Kings. My friend actually pastors another ministry. I can't mention the name of the ministry. So some of his contacts. Yeah? Now I've heard those kind of things before. In fact, I can't even tell you the th- things I've heard. Uh, what's, that, uh, what's that song? Oh, uh, I've heard different things. I, I can't even tell you. But this is the point. So somebody looks at me now and says, I want to marry somebody like this. Otherwise, I'm a new problem. And the person doesn't have enough self-awareness to reminisce. Only 17 people got that. The person doesn't think about the fact that I am the product of a process. One. Number two, their assignment might not require a damn you to move. And in fact, a damn you to move might not marry a damn you to move. Actually, I would have married myself. But the point I'm trying to make is can you admire people? Yes. Can you learn from people? Yes. Can you grow with people? Yes. But don't put yourself under undue pressure. Because what some people do is you're comparing your chapter 1 with somebody's chapter 21. Happens in marriage, happens in ministry, happens in business. It's your third year in that career. You're comparing yourself with someone who's their 13th year. Not knowing that the longer the time, the more the projection and the increase. Slap somebody a palm, burning high five, say, douse the pressure. So when I say exposure, I'm not saying wait till you hammer, you can travel to Jamaica, you can go to Barbados, you can go to Denmark, you, are, you can see you can go to Denmark and still miss the mark. And the fact that you go to New Zealand does not mean there's anything new or that you have seen in the land. So exposure is not always geographical expansion. But it's allowing your mind and your soul the opportunity to cross-pollinate and interface with different kinds of people. Because some people you think you like, you don't really like. You like them based on where you are. And what's happening to you. You've seen those movies? Those accidental love movies. What happens? Super trapped in a lift. So because the context is one of suffering 
and you need company, companionship. It now come, turns into intimacy and copulation and reproduction. Someone said it's inside the lift. It is well with your mind. Do you, do you get that point? Maybe based on your stage of life. I know some of my posted a while ago. I need to go and look for her since we're doing I'm not alone. I need to post some of those things. I said that loneliness can lead you into spaces and lead you into places you never would have gone if you were in your right mind and your right question and your right senses. So loneliness can drive you into desperate lengths that people have literally kissed people that they would never have shaken hands with. Not from a place of disdain, but just from a place of we have no business together. Vulnerability. That's why God said, it's not good for man to be what? Because if man is the Lord, he will transfer his intimacy to animals. Bestiality is a reflection of deep loneliness. Nobody can understand me. Homosexuality, same thing. No woman in this world, no woman, no woman in this world can make you stand. Wow. Have you done all to stand? the grand finale. Stand up and be grand. Give somebody a high five. Tell that person, manage loneliness. It's loneliness. Nobody understands me. Nobody feels me. Nobody is the signal that drives certain people out of church. No church is good enough. They don't get me. Have you tried, kings? Let me tell you guys, if I was not the pastor of this church, I would be attending this church. I'm not even joking. Because I don't like to form. It's not necessary. So God said, I will make him help me. Because God knows every stage of your life. And the kind of help you will need at every stage. Now, it does not mean that the woman is already ready to help you at every stage when you meet her. But God knows that she has the tensility, the flexibility, the malleability, the bandwidth to be able to evolve with the passage of time so that at every junction of critical need, she's literally going to come forth as the help that you need. Now what some other wise people do, wise in quotes, as in wisdom in reverse, what they do is that they anticipate 
problems and, and challenges in their future and then based on one or two scenarios that they've seen played out in their parents marriage or their uncle's marriage they now say well this kind of woman can help me with business so they now choose somebody but the fact that somebody is good enough for two or three points in your destiny does not mean they're supposed to be lifelong helpers for your destiny do you understand what i'm saying so the fact that she's a good business person good accounts person or good in marketing does not mean that they can stand with you in prayer of what use is it if they can count your money but they can't count the cost of prayer and fasting and intercession and faithlessness and hospitality and every other thing that god wants to do through your life so there are some of us who have looked for the two things that we didn't have in our last girlfriend and we ended up with a worse meal if i can use that expression a worse relationship because you are looking for the minority elements i don't know why some people didn't come this morning because i think I'm, i've done like 50 counseling sessions in last 30 minutes out of the ground of the earth god formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them and whatsoever Adam called every living creature that was the name of the earth he brought them out of the earth but he brought Eve out of Adam <laughs> look at this God formed beast of the field God formed the beast of the field and every fowl of the year and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. God formed the beast of the field. Where do the beasts eat from? The ground. Where do the birds eat from? Yeah, or the ground sometimes. So you eat off what you've come from. Your wife will derive her diet from your character. Oh my Lord. Some of you are struggling to digest that. God made animals out of the earth. God made fish out of the sea. God made plants out of the earth. Where do the plants eat from? The earth. Where do the fish eat from? The water. Where do the beasts eat from? The ground. Where will the woman eat from? The man. So men, if you have no food, leave the woman alone. I feel the anointing on me right now. I don't always get goosebumps when I feel the anointing, but I see goosebumps and the anointing. Look at somebody, slap that person and say, Leave that woman alone. If you've got no food, let her go. If you've got no food, let her, let her go. If you've got no inspiration, let her go. If you've got no vision, let her go. If you've got no power, let her go. You let her go. I feel the anointing make this message viral. Because there are some people that when you get the limit from empty, they concentrate. They don't talk about God, talk about myself. They are so intimidated by 
announces relationships. It's enough for a man to let the woman go free. But for some people, Pastor, they have to communicate concerning my compassion. It's not about your job. Your burden and fears are not of your job. I have to communicate to you what my burden and fears is. My destiny, my fate, my future, my hope, my freedom, my blessing, my sanctification, my strength. Let me go. Oh, yeah. You don't have to let me go. We cancel every poison of the heart, every poison of the soul, every poison of the emotions, every poison of your thoughts, every poison of your subconscious. In the name of Jesus, in every way you have been poisoned, poisoned against marriage, poisoned against healthy relationships, poisoned against the destiny God is coming against your life. We expose the poison to neutralize your impulse of satanic manipulative words and expressions. In the name of Jesus, I will proclaim that you are free to withdraw, free to fly, free to fly, free to move in destiny. We are free in the name of Jesus. Somebody shall let her go. Somebody shall let her go. I woman will feed off the man and that's one of the problems bones cannot feed off anything so if the woman is still a reeb she cannot process anything because she does not have the digestive infrastructure so she repels and rejects wisdom because she's a bone Bones don't have mouths. They only have tiny holes. Bones, remember integrated signs? They have holes where the marrow or the body fluids can flow through. Where the sinews hold the bones together. So if man, you're struggling to feed yourself, this is not the time to bring somebody else into your struggle. 
you need help when you've sowed enough seeds and your hands are too weak to harvest everything yourself. Or when you've gotten the land, when I say land, field, industry, business, and you need an associate to partner with you in plowing the ground. The woman, the word says, watch what the word says. He said, oh, foolish woman tears down her house with her own hands, but a wise woman builds it up herself. Women are builders, but you need to have land for them to build on. Because who wants to know, where's the land? I want to build with you, but where's the land? Problem is, some of you, you keep borrowing people's land and acting as if it was yours. Some of you, you are perpetual tourists. Moving from one sector to another industry. Industry. The street indoors. The day you go and see your father, and the father says, What do you do? You say this and that. Where do you live? Here and there. Can you take care of my daughter? Let's see how it goes. <laughs> this is a politician by nature. So the, the, the man needs to have a sense of his estate. Look at somebody say, before you fall in love again. You've got to check out the seven things. I can't teach them. Let me give you all the seven things. I'll teach them in second service. Number one, you need to check out their Christ consciousness. Christ consciousness. Please understand something. <laughs> Lord, help me here. Somebody's going to get blessed with this. Just, just, just understand this. Roseman, understand this. When God made man, the word says that God formed, and don't forget this, you will eat out of what you came out from. God formed man's body from where? Where does your body feed from? The ground, food, crops, agriculture, birds, animals, the feed of the ground. But man was not a living soul. Man was an empty shell, a carcass, no life, no inspiration, no movement, no traction, no momentum. Man was all just laid flat, right? And the word says that God breathed into man and he became what? Now watch this. If I'm to breathe into somebody, Elsie, please come. If I'm to breathe into somebody, if can you can you crowd just a little don't kneel, just crowd. If I'm to breathe to somebody who's lower than me or shorter than me, and it's so uncomfortable, shorter than me, I will have to bow or bend. If the person is taller than me. I have to rise to breathe into their nostrils. If the person is laid down, I have to lie to breathe into their nostrils. 
We don't have it written in scripture, but logical interpretation of how God thinks, works, and functions tells us that when God breathes into man or into Adam, he must have been standing face to face with Adam because God cannot bow before anybody. Oh, come on, people. And God cannot rise up or step up to anybody. But God stands in front of him and breathes into Adam. Now the word tells us the breath of life which is ruach but also breath as an inspiration but also inspiration that carries breath. So the first source of inspiration the man got was from God. Watch that. The first image that man saw was from God. And the first contact that man had was with God. So if you stand in front of God's standard like it was, then it falls to the place of inspiration you are not the one for me. If you ever come and come around to me, there is no spiritual breath to get to me. Then we don't need to be in a relationship because everything we want to breathe, we will have to drown it with our attitude. But the first source where God raised up his name was in his breath. Face to face, he will see my face. I breathe my life. The beckon of him, I see his beckon. The beckon of my life to keep him out of my life. The movement that I need to move. He will see my movement. Can you see the movement? The beckon of my movement. The beckon of me being amongst the God does not want you to stress your relationship. I can see you in low standards, but God needs a relationship. This is not just an attitude to me to come and talk to me. This is not an attitude to say and do and for me to succeed. But I command you in the breath to perform upon your relationship. I didn't say give me praise, I said give God praise in the house. Come on, guys, give God praise in the house. Give God, put your hands together, come on. Give God praise in the house. Give God praise in the give God praise. Sound a bit like are you a schoolmaster? Yes. We haven't grown to the thousands where I can see those who are not clapping. And if you're with us, please be with us. Jesus said, those who are not with us are against us. Somebody give God praise in the house. Christ's orientation. Not just consciousness, but orientation as well. Christ, or what's his Christ orientation? He's a good guy, he's not good enough. Tell me your Jesus story. Tell me about Jesus. Why is it so important? Somebody goes, must he be born again? Yes, he must. I'll tell you why. Because God created every human being to function in Christ. In him all things consist. He's the firstborn of the creature. The firstborn from the dead. It's good to see you, sir. He's the firstborn. So God did not create man to function outside of Christ. He created man to function in Christ. And so whenever a relationship or somebody in the relationship is not functioning in Christ, the person is going to cause problems. You will now discover that you're using your energy on your relationship instead of using the collective energy from. That's why God said, when you come to me, come boldly. God is saying in our relationship, if my relationship with God, 
He doesn't want my life's resource to be consumed by confession of sins. Reconciliation. It's like we've, we've gone past that. Yes, expose your sin to me and be contrite in your heart, be repentant, present that. But it is not the purpose of your, our relationship. I want us to do stuff together. Do you understand that? So your relationship is not the purpose of your relationship. Your marriage is not the purpose of your marriage. I said I wasn't going to teach it. Number two. Character and core values. Character and core values. I already teach this in second service. Number three. Commitment. What's the commitment level? Character and core, value, core values. Sorry about the rain. The rain caught you. Sorry. The Lord will keep you warm. Receive the warmth of God. In Jesus' name. If you're beside him, you can give him a warm hug. Maybe just warm. Commitment. How do you measure commitment? It is an error to try to ascertain somebody's commitment when you've been, when you've come into the relationship. To know their commitment, find out what they've been committed to. Anybody who does not have a history of long-term commitment to at least two to three other solid things in their lives, they will not be fully committed to your relationship. What have you built? What have you given into? What have you been a part of? For how long? That's why even today, many times when companies want to employ you, they check your CV, and if they see that you've moved to too many places too many times, it's a red flag. It does not mean they won't employ you, but most people want to dig deeper to find out why. And so it happens in relationships as well because commitment is commitment. It's a value. So before you say yes to somebody, find out what they've said yes to. What have you said yes to? For how long? And how was it? How has it been? Number four, calling and call assignment. If they don't have a sense of calling, they might not be able to describe it, define it. They might not even be fully on track with it. But if they can, at least tell you in some general fashion, paint a picture for you. Let me ask my wife. Of all the things I said to you, what percentage of the things I said to you, not things I was going to get, but what I was going to do, what percentage of it am I doing right now? All of it. In different capacities, but all of it. All of it and... More. <laughs> yes, of course, because I've added value to myself. She's added value to me. I've added value to her, which empowers her to add more value to me. Do you understand the cycle? By the way, withholding valuable stuff in your relationship is cheating yourself. That's like the player in the Premier League that does not pass the ball. He dribbles everything, everybody, and dribbles himself. Then he trips upon the ball. Commitment. Calling and co-assignment. Especially for the man folk. What are you all about, sir? Apart from, not you, apart from your beard gang. Now, now somebody says, good to see you, sir. Somebody says, ah, the guy is very committed. Oh, if you see the way he grooms his beard. Ah, a woman, are you beard? 
it could be an indication. It could be. But it's too risky a parameter to weigh. Because you are not here. I'm talking about something else. There's a degree. If it did not finish with a 2-1, it does not mean it's not a good guy. But if he did not finish with a 2-1, he did not keep his first two, three jobs, and his mother is always complaining, ask yourself, what's going on? I'll tell you why. It does not mean you won't marry him, but you need to know what you are marrying. Am I helping somebody? Raise your right hand if you feel like I've said something you can use practically today. Let me tell you guys, I've been preaching for how long now? Like 17 years or something like that. I was ordained about 12 years ago. Is it not? About 10, 11 years this year? You know, ordained 2010, so 9 years ordained as a reverend. That means I'm recognized by the nation as, I'm not just pastor. But let me tell you something I've been doing. You know, everybody's not a pastor. You even have one in your office. Pastor. P, my P, my P. Bishop. But listen to this. I've learned over the last six to seven years to be more intentional about giving people what they can use with portable spiritual wisdom or practical application. So if there's only one thing you've picked, please use it. Number five, competence. What are the competences? With people, go to see you, shall I be so? Hope you guys didn't get baptized in the room. Competence. Number six, gotta close. Communication style. That's a big one. Communication style. And number seven, community. What's your communication style? How do they communicate? Have you studied it enough? Because some people, they communicate. through expressions as in facial expressions some people communicate with their hands some people communicate with their body language some people communicate with their voices or their tonality so there are some people are very close to me in the house and maybe not so many people have picked this up my wife used to say a long time ago and then some of you now say that I know when Pastor Dan is shouting there's no reason his voice but he's shouting at me <laughs> who have I shouted at like that before Can you see that is no? Yeah. So I, I don't think anybody has caught me shouting at people before, but there's a way I construct the expressions. I remember the last show we had on um, on Friday before I left. That's exactly what I was shouting. I don't know. I was tired, man. I don't know what you're saying. That they trained all week. All right. Did you get something this morning? Let's stand and glorify God. Father, we adore you. Let's just do this one thing. Father, I am your Adam. I subject myself to your process, to your surgery, to your intervention. Father, I am your Eve, your Reeb. I don't want to be a bony woman. I don't want to be a bony lady. Women, raise your hands and talk to your father. Work on me. Work on me. 
work on me. You've brought me out of certain relationships. Some of them didn't end as well as I thought they would end. But here I am in your hands. Empty-handed but alive in your hands. Work on me, Lord. Work on me. Yes. Work on me, Lord. Work on me, Lord. Feel the glory of God in this room. All of us need God to work on us in different areas. We need Him to touch us, to transform us, to equip us. Lord, work on me. Even the parts, it's a song God gave me last few weeks we're not going to sing it but a part of it says even the parts that eyes can see even the part that eyes the parts that eyes can see work on me Adam did not know that he needed help the fact that you have two eyes that see does not mean you can see all there is to you but God can see through and through. He sees the hidden details. He sees far into the future. He sees every dimension of your life.
us walk through a swamp with my swamp around us that we're changed into the fullness of the picture that you have for us we don't want any colors on our bandage we don't want any blemish on the people any behind a dress and a trap we load ourselves with you in Jesus name come somebody give him Jesus in this place Let's do this quickly. We're going to just bless the name of the Lord with our gifts. Damala is good to see you. You're in for second service, are you? Good to see you. Hi. GB. Good to see you. Let's honor God with our given. Our given is so important. It's a critical part of corporate worship. Why? Why is that so? Because God wants us to fellowship with him. And fellowship deals with participation of the same order or in the same order. Maybe not the same amount, but in the same order. That's why in the Old Testament it actually says, don't let anybody come to my presence empty-handed. The reason that is so is not because God is hungry for money or that God is looking for supply. It is because the connection of worship or fellowship is not complete. It's not full circle. Without everybody functioning in the skill that which God is functioning. What's the skill? God is generous, we are generous. What's the skill? God loves, we love him back. What's the skill? God speaks to us through a message, we speak to him through the word. What's the skill? We connect with God in consciousness through worship. He connects with us through impartation. So in our giving, God has given us so much, he also wants us to respond with the giving. It is also the avenue through which God establishes your degree of faithfulness and consequently your degree of readiness for promotion. Doubt it not. Your promotion is connected to your generosity in the spirit as good as he loses. Your promotion is connected to your generosity. I'm not talking about you giving 1000 and then God gives you $10,000. God can do that. But I'm talking about the state of your heart and what God can trust you with. Whatever you can release to God, God cannot trust you with. God tested Abraham before he was going to make him the heir of the world. He said, can this guy release the person that means the world to him? How did God establish that he could trust Abraham with the world? He asked him for something that meant the world to him. Oh, come on, people. So it's not the amount. But that watch means the world to you. So somebody's like, God, when I have $10 million, test me $1 million. No, no, no. He wants that 10000 naira right now that means the world to you because what see what means the world to you is an ideological attachment or connection it's not the amount so there are people who will kill for 100,000 naira because it means the world to them there are people that will kill but not for 100,000 will kill for 10 million some people will kill for 100 million they are not here amen but what means the world to you varies and so God wants us to give on that level Father we thank you for the ability and the opportunity to be able to give we we'll celebrate you. We are delighted that you will conceive us in this ecosystem of your love and generosity and abundance. As we release our resources, we thank you because heaven's supply flows through us. None of us will be hungry. 
None of us will be without help. None of us will be without support or supply. We're immersed in your resources, grounded in your love. And that which we give today will go for the expansion of your kingdom on earth, the salvation of souls, and the discipling of many till they become missionaries and kings, reflecting your kingdom, your values, and your virtues. This will pray with thanksgiving for a week of testimony is ahead of us. In Jesus' name we've prayed. Let's your amen be louder than your offering. is rising on an emerging generation of kings. To join this growing community of kings, visit www.kingdomcentral.org and send your full name and email address to 908 123 4566 